0: Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City.
1: Keys to the City, baby. When well you see us so you know. I crossed know by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like it, this. And the, love 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 and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. So saying, saying, but Speaking of those ladies. But I, hold on, it's But I didn't make money. I didn't make I said Denver's gonna win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right
0: now streaming everywhere thank you trevor and ted that's a uh, keys to the city every tuesday and every friday trevor ted and joe so join them uh i don't know if they're gonna do this week because there's no because the super bowl is next week but definitely join them next week as they preview the super bowl but welcome to sports talk with rnj i am with along with my coach Justin nofrio i am steve risser and we got a, we got a loaded show today we got a busy show today but to we'll start with what happened last Sunday in the conference championship games, and we'll obviously start with the first one between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. And this was a great game between these between these two teams. I mean, the, as the game started, you know, Brady drove the Bucks down the field. Rodgers drives the Packers down the field. Then Brady again drives the he had that big play to Godwin, the Bucks down the field. Packers get a field goal, make it 14-10. And the game got interesting late in the first half when when the when the Packers were driving, trying to uh, get a field goal or take the lead. Uh, the, the One play that will not be talked about in this game was that Jason Pierre-Paul sack on 1st uh, and 10, which made it 2nd and 18, which in my opinion set up that interception to get the balls the, buck, give the, bucks the ball back. Then uh, Brady gets the ball, converts on 4th and 3, and then the play everybody's going to talk about is the Buckers uh, Scotty Miller on a go-route, Tom Brady that touchdown to get up 21-10, and, and no one will ever, ever, ever – believe what will ever uh, just you doubt why Packers were in man defense it was a it was a terrible call by Mike why were they in man to man I mean no one can believe it why they they can't believe why they were in man defense it was it was horrible and made the score 21 10 bucks convert another turnover make it 20 20 10 and and then the then the Packers scored and then Brady started turning the ball over like crazy then Brady started turning the ball over like crazy Uh, he had that uh, he had the uh, that, that that set up another Packers touchdown, and then he had two two picks after that. Uh, the one that was costly was the one in the red zone that that uh, that, that prevented the Bucks from getting three points. Another turnover that came on a blitz, and that was kind of like a punt because it was on third down, third down. But the Bucks defense stepped up with the pressure of Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett hit the sack on third down. He had a big sack too on the next drive, and then to the uh, went to the fourth quarter. Brady drunk on the. Screen. They go up 31-23, and the Packers drive down the field, and then the call, everyone will question on fourth down, why Matt LaFleur kicked the goal. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely pathetic why he kicked the field goal. There's there's no reason why you should for it or take the ball to Aaron Rodgers' hands, and then you give the ball back to Brady, and the rest is history, and the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, just
1: uh... – You know, start with the Rogers stuff there. Um, It was a great game, Um, you know, and yeah, I, I, again, I, you know, nobody understands that fourth down call. They give the ball back to Tom Brady, who's closed out nine, you know, championship games in his career. You knew he wasn't giving you the ball back. You know, um, it just made absolutely no sense to not trust your franchise quarterback and one of the best in the game, having a career year. Not to trust them in that spot, but I don't know. Um, but other than, you know, Green Bay on third down, they were um, awful. They could not go to the field. Tampa was 19 for 14. I actually saw this. Tampa's yards per play. On first down, they, they averaged 2.9 yards of play. Second down, 0. 0.8. Third down, 15.3. So they were great up until third down, and then all of a sudden, you know, they could never get off the field. So um, that Hail Mary thing to have, I have I, – was Greg Williams like an interim D coordinator or something? Like I I don't understand what they were – what they were thinking out there. Um, how
0: could you was, be in ma- – how could you be in man coverage? I don't get it. I mean the worst you could do is give up a crossing route. They might get out of bounds. Maybe they get a field goal. There's no way you should be in man coverage.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I – you know, it just like, – Terrible coaching, and the corner cannot get beat either. You know, again, I know you should be a man, but there is no way you can beat on that. Um, but it, overall, it a pretty good game. I, You know, Rodgers couldn't execute a couple of Brady's turnovers. You got to get Tampa Bay's defense credit. Um, and You know, Brady gave them chances, but they could never take advantage of it. And It, w- it was a difference. It's a tough game for Green Bay it's, with two of the best – you know, all-time quarterbacks, they've won two Super Bowls in 1992, so it's been a rough go for
0: Packers fans. Absolutely, absolutely. This this now begs the question, and a lot of people are gonna, you know, think this. There's no chance of this happening. Will Aaron Rodgers? Will this be like Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay? Now, I think there's at least a There's a 95 percent chance it's not going to be. But you have to think there is a possibility. Uh, they drafted Jordan Love. If they uh they would so- I mean, they would save six million in cap space because his cap number is thirty seven million and then and then and then if they do get rid of him it's thirty one million in dead money against their against the cap so if, if they get rid if, if it's not out of the question because of them drafting Jordan Love and uh and, and their cap situation and and look and that that they could end up, that this could be Rogers last game and he, and he and he said at the end of the game his future is uncertain. So uh, you, you 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 never you never you never know what's going to happen, and uh, we just got we got Hector on here to and, and said why didn't Aaron run two plays? He had plenty of running room, and that, 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 that that's that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah, I mean definitely on third down, I felt like he should have run that play on uh, absolutely. To answer Hector's question there, he absolutely should have uh, ran that on third down. But going back to Rogers' uh, future in Green Bay, it isn't out of the question to say this could be it for Rogers with the Packers. He even said after the game his future. Is uncertain. He cleared it up a little bit yesterday, saying that uh, that you know there's no absolutes in the business, but he's probably going to be back with the Packers. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Seeing that they drafted Jordan Love last year, even though Jordan Love didn't even dress for a game this year, Tim Boyle was the backup. So you just you just at this this point you don't know, but more than likely Rodgers is going to be back. But we got. I think we got to take his comments a little bit seriously.
1: I think this is more of a situation that. I don't even get traded, but I, I think this is gonna end up with Brady in New England. I think at the end of his contract, he's probably gonna walk out of Green Bay. Um, I I just don't see any way they trade him. I just think you trade him, and that um that you know, that fan base is gonna go bananas if you trade him away. I don't think they'll do that. It doesn't seem like he's at a point where he's gonna be forcing his way out or anything. Um, I, I think it was Sunday, too, after the game. I think it was a lot of just frustration after the loss and all that. And just he needed some time to just clear his head a bit and then come back to it. I, I, I'd be absolutely shocked. I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think if he leaves, leaves Green Braddock as a free agent, I don't, you know, because he's, he's, I guess he already asked for, more, I guess he, I heard that it sounds like he's going to have for more money this offseason. So um, I, I could just kind of see it. Green Bay won't give him more money.
0: He kind of just walks at the end of the contract. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think he's going to get a. He's definitely not going to get a second a, another contract because of them drafting Jordan Love. But the question is, how long are they going to sit Jordan Love? I, I, it's hard for me to see them sitting Jordan Love after after next year. I really do. not It really doesn't. You really don't want to sit a quarter, especially when you draft a guy in the first round, because you got to you, you got to decide if you're going to extend. You're going to uh, extend his fifth year option. The advantage here, though, is you do get him for a fifth year, unlike. With the Patriots, with Garoppolo, the Packers could very easily just extend Love's fifth-year option without even playing him. But still, it's it's just it's 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 a it's a tough situation for them. And I just I, I just don't see Love sitting you know more than two years. I just don't see it.
1: It, it is it is weird that you know they did draft him. He's on the bench. I, you know, again, unless if Rodgers really falls off in the next year or two. I just see it because he's got three years left, I believe, right? I believe it's three years left he's got in his contract. So uh, it it would be weird to sit a rookie quarterback who drafted in the first round for another few years. But, you know, I I just – I don't see how this Green Bay Packer fan base would react to trading Aaron Rodgers if he's still at the level. You know, maybe not like we saw him this year, but if he's still at a level where he's playing good football, you know, Um, So, it it was obviously a weird pick, but, you know, it would be very odd to kind of just keep leaving Jordan, you know, Love on the bench. But it would be weird if they kind of trade him away when he's still playing some good football.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the Packers trying to get ahead of the quarterback situation, but they got to be careful. They better hope Jordan Love is going to be good because if he's not and and they move on from Rodgers too early, like the Patriots did with Brady, that's going to be a huge mistake for that organization.
1: Definitely, because you will be hearing it from the fan base. Um, you know the way Bill's kind of taken it with Brady the last few weeks. Um, but but yeah, you do have to be. You, you definitely do have to be careful about that. It's um, you know I know Love needed some. I know you know Love wasn't ready this year. Anyways, I don't think he was. I think still need a little bit more development. Um, but. Now, I think he's going to be a good quarterback, but yeah, you do do have to be careful. If Roger is still playing some good football near the end of his contract, you know, it's a tough call because I know they think they have the guy there in Jordan Love ready, but until, yeah, he gets on the field, you have no idea if he's ready or not. You know, obviously we didn't have preseason this year. You know, hopefully next year we could see him a little bit in preseason and see what you get, but. Yeah, other than that, it, 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 it's it's a tough and it's a weird spot the Packers are in. Yeah, they do have to be careful, both guys.
0: Oh, abs- oh absolutely, absolutely. But we'll move on to the uh, AFC Championship game between the Bills and the Chiefs. And this one started, the Bills drove down the field, got a field goal. Chiefs had a big draw from Tyreek Hill. Then they had a fumble from Markel Hardman. The Bills went up 9 nothing. But really, when the Bills were up 9 nothing, it just didn't feel like it. Because the Chiefs went right down the field. Uh, cut the lead to 9 to 7 got a stop and He had the reverse to Marco Hardman they scored another touchdown then they then they scored another touchdown and then the interesting part of this game though was on that down if I'm the bills usually take the three points but in that situation you probably want to go for it cuz you, you want to try to keep up with uh you you want to try to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and that they kicked the field goal and ended up coming back to hurt them because uh, the chiefs got a touchdown on that big play, on that uh, big play from Tyreek Hill then, then the Bills again drive down, get another field goal. This is why you just can't kick field goals against the uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, then the Chiefs score again, pretty much close the game out at, at a, they, they, no. They 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 get a field goal, make it thirty one to fifteen. And then the uh, then then the Bills had the ball in Chiefs territory. Allen threw the pick. Uh, Chiefs score another touchdown. They end up winning at 24 Patrick Mahomes was great, got the ball to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And for the Bills, I thought Allen did what he could do. Did throw that one interception. It wasn't his best game. But I think he still played well. I think the biggest issue with Buffalo was they couldn't run the football, and that was really an issue all year with the Bills, and I think that was the thing that held them back from being a, from being a team that could get to the Super Bowl. So it, 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 the the Chiefs won convincingly in the AFC Championship game. Mahomes proved how great he was. And honestly, this this just showed you that AFC Championship game that, especially in the AFC, should never bet against Mahomes because this year the Chiefs were clearly the best team in the AFC.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that like pregame um – he was on a the countdown there. where it had like Josh Allen was the best quarterback coming to this game. I was like, oh my, he's like, yeah.
0: That's like, so dumb. That's so dumb. Those people do that. that. Yeah.
1: I was I was like, okay. So, Katie, um, Patrick Mahomes is going to uh, have a huge game now. Uh, that was very shocking. But he was 14 for 14 off play, Patrick Mahomes. Um, they were able to use that very well. I kind of felt for the, you know, for the Bills. I think they're conservative as well. They, there there's three times where they had fourth and short, and I know you related to it. You have to go for it, especially early back like got first drive. You know, you, you can't, I know you say, you cannot kick field goals and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You will never, you'll never win that game, ever. Um, so I thought they were a little bit too conservative. But, yeah, they can't, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't get that going, and they were able to um, slow down the attack. And it just kind of shows you that, First quarter for Casey, they're pretty. You know, took them a little bit to get going, like it usually does at times. But now, you know, it, they get going and and they can't they can't be stopped when they when they start rolling. They get that one touchdown and you cannot stop them after that. Now, you know, Mahomes is now twenty six and one in the last twenty seven games. Yeah, um, and he has he doesn't even have ten career losses yet. He's on a great track right now. But yeah, this Kansas City team. Um, one pretty convincingly on, on Sunday. Night. I thought for the Bills, it was a little bit too much for them, the Chiefs. You know, I, again, I, I think this could be the new kind of big AFC rivalry. Like we've seen with like New England and the Colts when they had Peyton Manning. Like, I, you know, like these could be the, that, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills could be kind of that, you know, Patriots, Colts type rivalry, you know, for the next, you know, decade or so. You know, if Allen keeps progressing the way he is, and obviously still with Patrick Mahomes.
0: Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I definitely could be. If the Bills just need to get a running game, that's a big thing. A running game, another edge rusher. If they get that, I think they could be right there with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I think Josh Allen. He had a great year. He's clearly right now a top five quarterback, and. I think, yeah, I think the Bills are going to be the best team in the AFCs for a while. The Dolphins compete with two, but I think the Bills are going to be the best team in the AFCs for a while, and are going to be right up there with the Chiefs. They just got to make some moves this offseason, and if they and, and I think think they're going to be right there, and they're going to be in the Super Bowl conversation for the next uh, 10 to 15 years.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, adding things was huge. It's, yeah, just get that running game. I thought Zach Moss was going to have the bigger rookie year. I was, you know, kind of unimpressed with the theories he had, um, you know, Singletary even had a down year. You kind of hope, yeah, they can get another edge rusher to help out that defense. Their defense was much better last year than it was this year. Um, and then, yeah, if they can get those two pieces, I, de- I definitely think the Bills are going to be competing every year in the AFC.
0: Oh, I, 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 could de- I could definitely see that happening with the Bills. And now going on to the Super Bowl, we're not going to really talk that much about it because next week we'll be talking all about the Super Bowl. And here's a good comment from Hector. We'll we 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 we'll, we will see Kansas City play the same like they did in Week Twelve versus Tampa. Will we see this see Kansas City play the same like they did in Week Twelve versus Tampa, or what changes do you think they'll make this time around for the Super Bowl? Uh, so, so uh, for for Kansas City, I think on defense, I think they're probably going to blitz Brady a lot. I could see, I, I could see, I could see Kansas City blitzing Brady. Uh, yeah, I know you never want to blitz Brady, but one of the options came on a blitz, and I feel like if you rush four against the Buccaneers, because the Buccaneers' offensive line is pretty good, so if you rush four against that offensive line, uh, I think Brady's going to have time. I definitely think that the Chiefs are going to, think they're going to blitz and they're going to play man coverage because Brady destroys zone coverage. So I think there's going to be a lot of blitz, there's going to be a lot of blitzing from Spagnola and playing a lot of man coverage, and uh, I, I think uh, I, I think the Chiefs coming into this game. I think because Eric Fisher is out on offense, I think there's going to be a lot of screens and crossing routes. I don't think they're going to throw, they're going to they're going to throw the ball deep a lot, especially early in the game. Seeing how good that Tampa Bay front is with uh, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea, so I think I think you see early in the game a lot of screens. I think you see a lot of crossing routes. I, I just don't think you see a lot of you know go routes uh, uh, posts. I think you see a lot of screens and crossing routes. Get the ball to my home's hands quick because the one way the Chiefs could very lose this game – because I think they're going to struggle running the ball in the game. But the one way I think the Chiefs lose this game is if that if Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre, Paul wreck the game. I think it's the one way the Chiefs lose. But I do think a lot of screens and crossing routes and on defense, I think I think blitzing of Brady and playing man coverage.
1: Yeah, um, you didn't have to breathe. Definitely, yeah. You know, he picks you apart if he has time back there. Yeah. Um, you know, that could be interesting if um, Casey doesn't – because we saw the first time Tyree Hill exposed them in that first half with the uh, go routes with the safeties. Because I know they're at Winfield field back. Um, I don't know about the other safety. Um, Whitehead. I mean, we're not sure about Whitehead, Whitehead. yet now. Then it'd be Andrew Adams. You kind of uh, – Oh, right?
0: yeah, yeah. He played for the Giants for one year.
1: Oh, did he? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, your guy, you're kind of Andrew Adams, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so he could he could be back there starting out there. But – um. I you know I think yeah for the I think screens because they're gonna have running backs back with Bell um yeah, you know yeah I I, I I think Casey's gonna be able to do what they did the first time I think coaching too is a difference maker in this game with, with um the Chiefs having Andy Reid um, but I you know I don't think the Chiefs have to change up too much they they you know they kind of rolled for most of that they pretty much controlled that game out in, in week twelve. Uh, you know, make, make some other changes as long, you know, as long as, you know, as long as he can kind of slow Brady down and keep that offense off the field, you get it front, you know, by a score or two, they should, they should be able to take care of business against the Bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, yeah, I, th- I think once if, if, if the, uh, if the Chiefs get up by, you know, a couple scores they, because the, because the Tampa Bay I know they could play from behind but they can't play from behind the way the Chiefs can I think the biggest key for Tampa Bay though is is I feel like they're gonna have to be in 12 personnel and they're gonna have to try to run the ball I think they have to run the ball better than they did against the Packers to beat the uh, Chiefs because they can keep you know Mahomes off the field and get pressure on him that they, I could see the Bucks winning the game I'm not making a prediction yet but but I do think this game can go either way. I mean, I think, I think, but the biggest key for the Bucs is got to run the ball and they got to get pressure. We'll talk about this more next week. They got to get pressure on Brady. They got pressure on Mahomes. And for the Chiefs, they got to make sure that Brady doesn't pick them apart. They got to play, they got to play some man coverage. They got to, and they got to find a way to get pressure on Brady if it's rushing for or bringing extra people.
1: Yeah. Um, that, yeah. If the Bucks cannot run the ball, they, you know, they're trying because I thought KC's run defense was great last week. Or, you know, and I know Buffalo's not a great rushing team either, but Tampa's kind of middle of the pack too. So, yeah, and Buffalo, if KC able to kind of stuff it and make three one-dimensional, they, they definitely have a good chance. You know, uh, they got to keep – yeah, they got it because it's running the ball is important. They have to keep Mahomes out the field, you know. Um, it, you know, the more he's out there, they get rolling, as I said a few minutes ago. They're not – they you can't stop them. They, you know, they'll put up – 30 35 on you, and I, you know, and I don't know if the Bucks are capable of putting up that. But I know they scored 31, but could they, you know, we could see them do it. I, you know, I, I think it Tampa's gotta, Tampa wants to win this game. I think they gotta play it in the high 20s somewhere, yeah, like the shot where they have to win.
0: Yeah, it should be an interesting game, and we'll definitely get more into it next week. We'll definitely dive really deep into it next week, but. We going to talk about a quarterback that wants off his team, another quarterback that wants off his team, and that's Matthew Stafford. He he on Saturday he informed the Lions that that he does not want to be there anymore. Him and the Lions are pretty much are pretty much mutually part ways. And uh, I think this is the right move for the Lions. I think it's the right move for Stafford for the, Stafford for the Lions. You've had Stafford as your quarterback for the last twelve years. I mean, I think he's been a very good, I think he's been a good quarterback, but they haven't won a playoff game. They got a new coach. They got a new GM. They got to start fresh. They got to start over. So I think now. If you're looking, if you're the Lions, you you uh, you, now you could draft the, you could draft either a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields if, if if it comes up at number seven, or you could trade up to get one of those two guys, and it, and you save fourteen million in cap space. Stafford's cap number was thirty three million. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna now be owed nineteen million in dead cap money, but we you, you save fourteen million against the cap. That's big. That's big. That's that's big for the Lion there. I think they could start this franchise over. You know they're rebuilding, And for Stafford, now he could play for a winner. He was just not gonna he's, he's he's not great enough and the Lions weren't good enough for them to compete for a championship. So now so the good part of it is he can get out now. He could go to a uh he can go to a. you know a, a 49ers, a Colts, uh a Saints a Saints or in cap jail. I don't think he's gonna be able to go to the Saints, but maybe, or even the Patriots, even the Patricia move doesn't help the Patriots in terms of getting Stafford, but he can go to a pending team now and the Lions now can rebuild uh, for the future.
1: Yeah, um, definitely. I think, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate now for Lions fans and, you know, um, and, and, you know, for Stafford, he's been there for a while. Um, he's been, you know, but you know, and they, you know, they haven't had much winning, but he's been a good franchise quarterback for him. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's definitely the time it's, you know, time to go young with a quarterback. You got a whole new front office here. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely time to rebuild it all and just kind of move on uh, for both sides. So hopefully Stafford can go have a chance to go with the contender.
0: Yeah, and I was looking at the best three fits for Matthew Stafford right now. And guys in the comment section, definitely feel free to, you know, feel free to comment and give your best three fits for him. Uh, My best three fits right now, I would say, are the Colts, obviously, really good defense, pretty good roster. They may, they got to develop a number one, but a pretty good roster, really good offensive line. If he goes there, they definitely, I think, would even, because I think he's definitely an upgrade over Phillip Rivers. So I think he would have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. Number two, I'd say obviously the Niners. They could be healthy, and he could be the quarterback. You arguably he's he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo, so that would definitely be a team that can compete for a Super Bowl. And then the last fit you would be the Patriots because of the coaching staff. I don't know if they would they would they would be better than the Bills or even the Dolphins, but they would definitely be able to compete for a playoff spot if Matthew Stafford was their quarterback with the coaching staff they have. Justin, who are your top three fits?
1: My top three, I have, I'm with you for number one. I got Indy. Yeah, Rivers retiring. It sounds like Jacob Eason's another year away. It sounds like they have a cat the cast base, too, to bring him in with a solid D. You know, and I think, too, he would probably be the best quarterback in the division if Deshaun Watson's gone. I, You know, he'd probably – him and Tannehill are – Oh,
0: I, yeah, absolutely. I would say absolutely He's the, he would be the best quarterback in the division. So you know, I again, I think that'd be huge for Andy. Well, but but we do know Trevor Lawrence is coming to the division yeah. too, and he'll eventually probably be the best quarterback.
1: Yeah, he probably will. But again, we can't you know at the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. no,
0: but yeah, yeah,
1: you know, Lawrence probably will be one day. Um, I am also with San Francisco. They got a great defense. Especially if they can stay healthy, they got some decent weapons. But you got one of the best tight ends in the game, George Kittle. Um, a tough division. Um, in the NFC West, but I think the Niners would be a good fit. A Team looking to get back to the Super Bowl. Stafford hasn't, you know, even got to one yet, so um, I, I could definitely see that fit. The third for me is in the AFC East, but it's not the Patriots. I got the Miami Dolphins. They have the
0: draft picks. That's one question because I think Tua can be good, and I think Stafford's yeah. good, but I don't think it's worth giving up Tua for Stafford. For for uh, Deshaun Watson, yes, but for Matthew Stafford, no.
1: Yeah, I was say about the Watson Dolphins, but again, I don't you know, I don't know if Houston wants their original pickback. That'd be you know, but um they well they probably would, but be weird. I, you know, because I know there's you know, because I know the Lions were interested in them last year, but they didn't. I know it's a new front office, but I but it's you know something where maybe the Dolphins, you know, want to win now. Maybe they think two is, you know, maybe you know, they're not too sure about two at the moment. You know, they Um, They do have the draft capital. They do have a solid deep. They can get another weapon or two. Um, I I could see Stafford being a good fit and kind of being right behind the uh, uh, Buffalo Bills. I didn't go with New England because I don't know what the relationship is between him and Patricia. Stafford and Patricia. I don't
0: think it's good. I don't think it's good. And and, 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 and and I don't think you never know. Bill and Patricia are close, so I think Bill will listen to Patricia and say, "Oh, he's not a quote unquote patriot guy," which would be ridiculous because he would clearly be you know better than Cam Newton. But he yeah. they would say, "Oh, he's clearly not a patriot guy," and and they probably end up taking Mac Jones as number fifteen overall, like Mel Kuyper hasn't taken yesterday. So it would be a huge mistake for them not to look for not to consider giving up the fifteen pick or Matthew Stafford.
1: Yeah, you know. um,
0: even though I'm with gonna, that roster, I don't know if there would be a Super Bowl contender. Still, we could still argue Miami and 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 Buffalo would definitely be better than them.
1: Yeah, I think our defense could play with anybody. It's a probably you know, it's a do we have can we score any points? You know, I'm both sides with Stafford. It's like okay, I wouldn't mind them for a year or two, but it's like also I want to find a Q, QB for the future sooner rather than later. So like I'm on the fence. I wouldn't mind I guess having him for a year or two, but it's like I want that quarterback though. You know, found that this year or next off season, so we could have them ready to go, knowing who that is. So that's why I don't think so. I would, you know, I think Stafford would definitely fit in this locker room. You know, I, I think he would definitely fit. Wants to go, you know, wants to, you know, win finally in this league. Um, have a great head coach with them, but it's like it's a weapons up. So yeah, I think adding him, we'd still be third. But I, I think our defense could probably steal some games like it did last year or or 2019. You know. Um, but I, I don't know how many points we'd score until we get some get some other weapons. It's, who knows about um, how healthy Elvin will be? Actually, just saw. Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh! Stafford I mean, makes I, sense to I, go to the Bears. There is no way. Know, yeah. There is no way at all. The Bears are gonna that the, the Lions are gonna trade Matthew Stafford within the division. The Bears will be the last team that Matthew Stafford goes to. There's no way he's going to the Bears. You don't trade, you know, good quarterbacks. Within the division, that's that's not happening.
1: Yeah, the only way I see that if the Bears absolutely overpay, like just absolutely overpay, where it's just like, okay, we cannot deny this. That's the only which I don't think the Bears would, oh, you know, pay that much for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I never, I, I couldn't see it. I'd not do it in a arrival. I can't see yeah. Stafford going to Chicago.
0: You never trade within your division. That is just flat out stupid. That will not have, even even an organization like the Lions. Wouldn't do that. You think a team like the Lions would be like the one team that would do it? Even the Lions wouldn't do that.
1: <laughs> well, not. Yeah, it, it would be a bad. Especially he goes into Detroit and throws like five touchdowns and, and wins the Bears of the division. It yeah, it, it would look super bad at Detroit. But yeah, I, you know, again, I, yeah, it would have to be so overpriced where the Lions could not say no. So yeah, yeah, I the Lions would be crazy to trade them for the Bears. They they'd have to get the craziest offer. Imaginable, so yeah. I, I don't think the Bears. I don't think it'll
0: be in Chicago. Oh, not not at all. There, there is no chance it'll be Chicago. It'll either be probably in Indy, Indy's got a good chance. San Francisco because they're probably going to move on from Garoppolo because he can't stay healthy. Uh, New England has an outside shot. You never know about Washington. Washington's another one. Washington, I think, could definitely be one. And if he goes there with that, with that, with that, with that defense, and Washington won the division last year. There's a good chance that they could win the division again if Stafford goes there, too.
1: Yeah, and if Dak doesn't come back, he's probably the best quarterback right now in the division if Dak doesn't return.
0: Oh, absolutely. I agree. So,
1: yeah, Washington would definitely, with that defense, um, Nick Warren set up the you only know, Tony who gets in the backfield looked pretty good last year. So, yeah, that, that uh, Washington team looks you know very promising in the um, NFC if they do get Stafford.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what ends up happening there. It should be really, really interesting. And obviously we'll be back next week talking about the Super Bowl. But we got to get to Kobe Bryant. And unfortunately yesterday was the one-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. And uh, and I, yeah, everybody will remember where they were when that happened last year. I was at J. Timothy's celebrating my birthday, my 29th birthday. Today is my 30th birthday, but my 29th birthday at J. At Timothy's. And I remember the day that, unfortunately, the day that, that 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 happened with Kobe Bryant. And it was so stunning. And to this day, it's still stunning that we don't have Kobe Bryant uh, with us anymore. It's just sad. It's stunning. And just remembering, obviously, the life and the career, the way he impacted so many NBA players and so many people. I mean, five-time champion, uh, seven times. He was in the NBA Finals seven times and... Uh, he's he just it's he just I mean seven times in the NBA Finals, five times NBA champion. I mean just and, and and all the and the impact he's made on people. Just it's so sad that he's just no longer with us. I think that I think a top three player to ever, to ever play the game. I think he's right behind uh, MJ and LeBron. I think he's top three. All the great memories: the eighty-one point game against the Raptors, the uh, the five championships, the sixty-point game, and then his final game. Just, you could argue, nobody ended their career better than Kobe Bryant with that 60 point game.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember the day, too. Uh, I was at work watching the UConn game, UConn Tulsa. UConn Tulsa. They lost in double overtime, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think the news broke right at the end, uh, the passing. And it was crazy. I was, remember on my phone just trying to go through to see if it was real or not. But um, yeah, you know, definitely a spot where you never see. Yeah, you'll never forget where you we were. Um, but there's never going to be a guy that pushed himself like he did um, just to have the will to win, which I always took, you know, you know, something I always kind of admired from the way he always went out there. Just He had to be the best night in and night out, every night, never took a night off, um, the 60-point game, you know, the 80-point, 21-point game. Game out there where he had like torn Achilles. I, I can't imagine playing on that. That you know, from everything I've heard about how painful that thing is, I you know, um, he's an absolute loser. I definitely have in my top three. It is crazy, he's no longer here anymore. It's, it's you know, it feels like yesterday, and I know it's, it's you know, we've had a lot happen the last year, but it, it feels like yesterday, and it's crazy. He's one of the best all time, he did so much of the game. Uh, he's definitely missing, yeah. We lost him, you know, way too long as you start in kind of his post-NBA career. You know, so it's absolutely unfortunate.
0: Three best competitors I've ever seen. I'd say number one, Michael Jordan, number two, Tom Brady, and number three, Kobe Bryant. I mean, this guy just refused to lose. He was always in the gym early. He was always getting his shot up working hard and and there really isn't a player that worked harder than Kobe Bryant to be where to to get to where he is. I mean, just he showed you what hard work does, what sacrifice does, and all the teammates respected him because he knew that when when he was on, you knew when you you were playing with him, you were playing to win all the time and you knew he was competitive, but it was all directed at winning the game.
1: Definitely. I don't disagree your top three for the most competitive guys out there. Um, he's, He's right there with Brady and MJ. Yeah, you know, that guy, he worked, yeah, every day, 365, wanted to get better. He wanted to beat you. You know, everyone knew he wasn't the most light, but everybody respected him because of how hard he worked, and he was a winner, um, and he would do whatever he had to do to make sure his team won that that given night. So, yeah, he, he was an absolute warrior, Um, it, it, you know. Again, I kind of saw more the tail end of his career. You know, I kind of had to watch like highlights at the beginning, but still, you know, um, there's not a guy that could just score at will like he could. You know, there's not too many guys that could do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, he's an absolute legend.
0: 81 points, 81 points, crazy. 81 points in a game, just crazy. And, and, uh, just all the championships, all the great moments he had in his career. It's just so sad we don't see him. And every year we're always going to remember January twenty sixth as uh, in an unfortunate way because that was the day we unfortunately lost Kobe Bryant.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely will be. It's you know, uh, it's yeah, it's it's crazy just no longer here. You know, still in his forties, just you know, coaching now, doing you know, having the best life. It sounded like what he was saying and. It, it, it is crazy that he's no longer here. Definitely, um, January twenty sixth will be, you know, living in for me for for a while.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So we got a lot of baseball news to talk about. It, but before that, we got a promo with baseball with the Bard.
1: Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard.
0: That's baseball with the Bard every Sunday at eleven, and they'll be on this week, and they'll have a lot to talk about this week, and obviously we got a lot to talk about too. And we're going to start with the the Phillies re-signing JT Realmuto five years, one hundred fifteen million. That's almost that's over thirty million a year for a catcher. I think the I think they overpaid him a little bit because you look at the catcher position; it's not deep in baseballs, as Joe always says. Gary Sanchez is one of the best catchers in baseball, and he's, he can't hit, and he can't hit over two hundred. So, I mean, I think he, they overpaid him a little bit. Uh, I still think, don't think the Phillies are. I, I think they're clearly the fourth best team in the A. At least looking at some of the moves the Nationals made: getting Schwarber, uh, getting Lester, getting Brad Hand. You look at the Braves; uh, they're definitely the, they're definitely one of the best, they're one of the best teams in baseball. You look at the Mets; the moves they made: getting Lindor and getting Carrasco. I think right now the Phillies are the fourth best team in the division. I, I still don't think they're. This is a tough division, and I don't think they're a playoff team. But I'll, I'll I'll ask this question to you, Justin: Does this move? Can the Phillies compete in the in the in the NL East because of this move?
1: Uh, they get a bit better, but again, I just I I'm with you. I think they're still the fourth best team. It's it's pitching that's going to be the worry for me. Um, again, like I think if they were in the NL Central, they would probably win the division. You know, they'd be right there the division. They know they added Archie Bradley as well and Jose Alvarado from the Rays, so for bullpen help, but. Um, I, I think pitching is going to come back and bite these guys once again this year. Um, they do have a great manager on Joe Girardi.
0: I would say good. I'd say good, not great.
1: I, yeah, I think Joe is one of the best,
0: but he won. Now. Yeah, yeah, he won. He won one championship with the highest, I, speed. even though some of those teams were stripped down. I'll get. i Some of those teams weren't as talented as as, as uh, Yankee teams usually are, actually, from like 2003 to 2016. Mm-hmm. He still only won one championship. I, with with the highest payroll Joe Torrey is great Joe Girardi very good in my opinion all right, I'll,
1: all right I'll, I'll go to very I may yes maybe I shouldn't say great because of Torrey you know Torrey I'll go very good I I you know I give him a lot for what he did with that 2017 Yankee team um but yeah you know they, they you know I Rumi it's Rumi it was interesting because I do think you overpay for a 30 31 or 30 30, old year, old, or 30 year old I think 30 yeah 30, okay $32.5 million was the highest ever for a catcher. He can play first base, I guess, as well. But, um, yeah, it, I think they did overpay. But, yeah, I think they're still the fourth best team in this division. Um, they, I, unless they add a huge another piece in um, for a starter or a reliever, um, I just don't see them being able to get above the three of the teams, especially if the Nationals sounds like they're shipping around for Chris Bryant. So, yeah. yeah, put them in the mix. It'll be even tougher.
0: Yeah, and the other question is – Are I mean, I think we already answered this. Are they playoff contenders, assuming there's 10-team playoffs? Probably not because yeah. if they're finished fourth in their division if, and if there's not 16 teams that make the playoffs, they're not going to be playoff contenders.
1: No, um, I, I don't have them there either. You got the Mets, obviously the Nats, and, and the – um. That that's in the Braves, and then yeah, in the West you got the National, or the or the Dodgers and Padres, and then whoever wins the National League East, which is um, probably the worst division right now baseball. So yeah, it, it's going to be. They're in the National League Central. I'd say they probably won the division right at the moment. But yeah, the that's NBA crazy East, to
0: think of too. Yeah, yeah, they would win that division. Yeah.
1: <laughs> which spots are the Pirates this year? Well, there you go. You <laughs> yeah. win a division. Rivalry, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I just don't see these guys making the playoffs unless of, unless of like the Nath, Braves, and Mets all get absolutely devastated by injuries and take advantage of that. But I don't I don't see this team being a playoff team.
0: Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me neither. Me neither. I, I definitely see them in the playoffs. But talking about the expanded format, uh, uh, the other day the uh, the Players Association rejected the uh, expanded playoffs and universal DH and expanded playoffs. I don't mind them rejecting that. I think 16 teams is too many teams in the playoffs. I think you take away from the regular season if you have 16 teams in the in the playoffs. So I don't mind them taking them not having 16 teams in the playoffs. I don't I don't mind I don't mind the 10 team playoffs at all. The one thing I really mind though is to not have a universal DH. Let's let's be honest. I am not watching a pitcher bat in baseball anymore. I'm so sick of the pitch. I'm not watching a, a bat anymore. You already you know got rid of the DH last year. Now you want to go back. You already got. You already had the pitch in the National League last year. Now you're going to take the DH away. That makes no sense at all. Just have the DH forever. Pitchers should never hit. It's it, it's it's completely old school. It's not something that I want to watch. It's something. It's something that Justin and Jace don't want to watch. Nobody wants to watch pitchers hit. Maybe Joe wants to watch pitchers hit. You might be the only person who wants to watch pitchers hit at oh. CMG. I don't want to watch pitchers hit. I don't. I, I there's no need to watch a pitcher hit. I, and if the pitcher's hit this year, I'm not watching the pitcher hit. I'm changing the channel. I'm sorry. I'm not watching. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I don't know why they would just. They they already said last year the universal DH is it was, was was there. Now they want to go back. I I don't get it. It's like it's like they're all over the place right now with that with this.
1: Well, them and the MLB. You know, them the owner, of the MLBPA, just they just can't get out of their own way. They just they rather fight each other than actually fix the issues. That's how sad it's baseball unreal. is. Like. I know,
0: it's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's unreal.
1: <laughs> I don't yeah. It, it, how do you go to help your ratings? The only picture I'd be interested in watching Mass and Bumgarden. That's about it. I, I don't mind seeing mad bunks from the bat, but that that's about it. I don't want to see my Garrett Cole. You know, the 36 billion dollar pitcher we pay to pull a hamstring running down first base, playing the Mets next year. I don't want to see that. I don't. You're taking 15 jobs away from DHs. Look at Nelson Cruz. You know. I know. I know. Mar-so, 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 Mar-so. I know. he had a great year last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Jobs yeah. away from these guys. I, I just don't get it. What What is the joy in watching pitchers hit? Again, are we actually waiting to see, like, a Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander or, like, a Jacob DeGrom actually get seriously injured, like, running the base or something before we pull the plug on this? Like, I just don't get it. I, it's, I, I really don't.
0: It's, it's, I, just, it's, I just think
1: it's,
0: yeah, think it's, it's,
1: it's more a, the – What you, you say? I think it's more than just two it's just, it's just, it's just sides just fighting each other, just bickering. I know, right? I know. It's, it's embarrassing. It's,
0: Oh. It's it's bickering and going. There. I'm bickering and going nowhere. And they got to stop with this. Oh, we do one way in the American League. We don't do another thing in the. Na- we do th- something. In the it's Major League Baseball. Stop with this American League and National League. Okay, it's Major League Baseball. Play by the same rules. It's ridiculous. One league plays by. And this has been going on for years. One league is by one rules, and the other league plays by their own separate rules. It's ridiculous. Stop doing yeah. that. They ended interleague play in 1996. Stop playing by separate rules. Just play by one set of rules. One side has the pitcher hit, the other side doesn't. And the pitchers never hit the minors either. They never hit in the minor leagues. The, the, ol- they, the only – what did you say, Justin? They do.
1: Um, if it's a
0: national league team. Oh, if okay, nationally. National okay, teams all right. But, but, but but okay, so if so, it's yeah. two national league teams playing each other. But, yeah, what's the point of having the pitcher hit? There is, there's none. And then, what's the point of having two leagues – with two different rules, it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: That's baseball for mm-hmm. I, I Again, I, I just I don't. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I don't get it. I just no. I don't see the phone watching pitchers hit anymore. They're not. It's you know, so, they don't work on that. Like it's it's all a, I, They don't. They're hitting. They, it's they a complete. Working.
0: It's a complete. It's a complete waste of time. If there's if there's nobody on, they are just just. Just, just, just to save everybody time, just, 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 just give a team an out if they have a pitcher coming up with the plate. If there's nobody on base, just give them an out. Honestly, and just save everybody the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody's watching a pitcher hit. No. You know the Bartolo cool thing was cool, but come on, what are the of that ever happening again? It's
0: like well, it's like one in like five. It's like it's like one in a million that happening. Okay.
1: Yeah. Like they, they were never going to see something like that again. The only one bum Gardner I could, I could see watching. Yeah. I don't mind the no expanded playoffs. That's fine. Uh, you know, so I'm good with that. But yeah, the, the DH I definitely have an issue with. And actually I do have some breaking New York Yankee news here. Yes, I'm yeah. Go South ahead. South yeah. South. Really? Yes. It's on, you know, there. Yeah. yeah
0: it's a up. it's it's a bullpen arm. It's a bullpen arm. And they did trade out of Eno, so it's it's a it's a good bullpen arm. It adds the, yeah. the depth with, with Britton and Chapman. I'll I'll give you that. And Jay says it. Imagine if the NFL made a new rule that the AFC has to have QBs punt, have a real punter. I know it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's it's stupid. It's totally stupid that they have two leagues have two separate rules. It's it's absurd. And, and we're in 2021, and this is still going on. It's absurd. It, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Only made
1: it to but that is a great
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a funny comparison.
1: But now we'll also,
0: we'll also give you another example of why baseball uh, is not progressive. And here's another situation. For the first time since 2013, so this has actually happened before, they are not electing anybody into the Hall of Fame. Nobody's getting elected into, into the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is absolutely absurd. And, uh, and obviously, you know, you question Clemens and Bonds and uh, Cle- Clemens, Bonds, and Schilling's character. But come on. Clemens and Bonds took steroids, but even without the st- yeah, and I know they Joe, or I was talking and we were in a conversation, me and Joe, but you saw that, right? We were in a conversation yeah, thought, beforehand, yeah. and me and Joe, about like, you know, should they admit they're wrong? And I, and I listen, I they they should admit they're wrong, but they're hall of famers. Put them in the hall of fame. Come on now. Put put Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame. Clemens is one of the best pitchers I've ever seen. Barry Bonds is one of the best hitters I've ever seen. Put them in the hall of fame. They belong in the hall of fame. Uh and, and then the other one I think was the most ridiculous was Kurt Schilling. If you don't think Kurt Schilling's a Hall of Famer, you did not watch Kurt Schilling pitch. Uh, he pretty much prevented the Yankees from winning two world championships. 2001, he was the MVP of that. of the. He was the co-MVP with Randy Johnson of the World Series. In 2004, we all know the legendary Bloody Sock game he had, which was which was outstanding. Well, and really, if you go back to that 2004 offseason, I know you guys might be, Justin and Jace might be a little bit young to remember this, but if you go back to the 04 offseason, the move, the biggest move the Sox made that offseason was to get Kurt Schilling. They needed a number two behind Pedro Martinez. The minute they got Kurt Schilling, pe- people, even though the Yankees had a 3 0 lead on them, they became the favorite in the American League. They they underachieved a little bit in the regular season. That's why they got the wild card. But they became the favorite in the American League that year because they went out and got Kurt Schilling. But you're going to tell people that Kurt Schilling isn't a Hall of Famer? It's absolutely absurd. And I, I think he, I think Schilling is right to say, get me this ballot. I mean, who cares what my political views were? I was a Hall of Famer on the field. I helped three teams win the World Series. I helped the Red Sox break the curse in two thousand four. He should be a Hall of Famer, no question.
1: Definitely, you know, and this is baseball for you. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get chill, the Kurt Chilling one. Um, look, I, you know, I know we kind of live in a world right now where, you know. With you know the politician views and all that, uh you know, I but to not have this guy in, and, and I and I know people, oh, well, he went has 216 regular season wins. I again, it's the postseason numbers that for me, I didn't obviously I'm live, I've seen the bloody sock game, and I, I've seen some of that 2001 World Series. He's one of the best big game pitchers I, I've seen. Um, again, just shut down the Yankees. And he did. I can't imagine. I can't see anybody going out there and pitching like that. You know, nowadays, you know, you don't. You know, you're not going to see something like that. It's it's embarrassing. And I saw something on Twitter. Um, about the there was a right a first year writer first time ever getting a Hall of Fame ballot goes blank and there's a writer who was then there was writers other Hall of Fame you know voters. They were giving props for it. That like you have, you know, the gods that you have. I'm just like, this is what's wrong with baseball. We're encouraging people to fill out blank
0: ballots. There's 14 ballots. Oh, I, I, listen, I, and Hector just put a comment. I agree with Hector 100%. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He's supposed well, to of course. Pete Rose absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. I think it's an embarrassment Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. I know, again, he didn't admit he. We waited, we waited 15 years to admit he bet on well, but it's absurd that Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest hitter who ever lived. I mean, I, I, I'm and I'm not 100 sure about this, but he 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 has the most hits of all time. I mean, he's he's one of, he's one of the he's one of the greatest players ever. So I mean, yes, I agree with Rose. I agree with Clemens. I agree with Bonds, and I agree with Schilling. All those guys should be in the Hall of Fame, and it just shows you that baseball is just stubborn to not to put these guys in the Hall. of Fame. Who who cares? Who cares? Just put them in the Hall of Fame.
1: And then what about Bud Selig? Who closes turn eye? You know who cools his eye on all this um steroids stuff? He's in the Hall of Fame.
0: I know. You I know, it makes no that. sense. You're and uh, and we know David Ortiz is going to be a first ballot Haller, and he tested positive in two thousand And I mean, we're, we're, it's, if he's a ballot Hall, of fame, it's 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 messed up because how do you have Ortiz be a first ballot Hall of Fame and have one of the greatest hitters Barry be in the Hall of Fame?
1: I don't know. You um, to me, I I just don't get. I I I can't even give you a reason why. Like I, you know, I can't even try to. Yeah, like, I can't make an excuse for him because I I I I don't understand it. it. You know, it's probably bad news for A Rod seeing all this because you know A Rod's not getting voted in.
0: Oh, I, I'm, I'm I know for sure he's not getting the Hall of Fame. He wasn't likable. Took steroids. There's no way. I mean, A Rod should should be a Hall of Fame, but there's Go he's going to be a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, there, there's no way. You know, and then the one guy, too, that I'm disappointed not anymore, more it's Andrew Jones. The guy oh, I know.
0: Oh, the, yeah, That's Andrew I think, you know, he's, he's a deserving candidate. Andrew Jones, Scott yeah. Rowland, Todd Helton, those guys are all deserving candidates. And so you have all these deserving candidates, and you're not going to have – and luckily for them, they'll, they'll have their ceremony this year because they didn't have it last year. But how the heck – you have all these deserving candidates and don't have one of those guys in the Hall of Fame. In football, you have at least six guys a year no matter what in the Hall of Fame. Or in basketball, is the same thing. How do you not – how do you have zero – this has happened twice. Zero people get into the Hall of Fame.
1: It's sad. It's just – again, it goes back to the owners in MLB pay, PA have fights. It's the Raiders and the players that have fights.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just people in a nutshell. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Baseball is not helping themselves. They're they're just, they're just sport it's just getting more. They they better fix this sooner rather than later before they absolutely kill the sport. All yeah. everyone's gonna be to blame if the sport of baseball gets absolutely killed. All, oh yeah. All,
0: Oh yeah, it's just it's 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 crazy. It's it's nuts. I mean, obviously I grew up watching baseball I still watch baseball all the time. But to people like Jace who are casual fans, that's not helping. People like they're not helping people like Jace. I mean, we watch it all the time obviously. So they, they 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 don't have to worry about losing us, but they're going to lose a casual fan like Jace. They're going to lose a casual fan like Jace doing this stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, hey, I don't know if you see Jace's comment um about George Washington on slaves. It still don't run much more. Why can't someone who messed up once or a couple of times not not get accomplishments for what they achieved?
0: No, I know, I, I know. It's, it's, know. It's 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 yeah. Because there are a lot of football players who've gotten in trouble with the law, or or and Tom Brady's going to be first ballot, and he, you know, messed up once when he asked, when he uh, with the flake gate. and Bill Belichick messed up a Spygate, but they're going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. What? Why can't we? Well, yeah. Why can't if a guy messes up one one or twice, just not get in the Hall of Fame because they're playing credentials? Uh, a, a show that they clearly should be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's and I know steroids in the game and all that, but it's it's like they're treating them like they're like they're murdering people. Like all these guys, like Bonds murdered people. It's you yeah, know, it's, it's crazy against the rules of the game. But you know, and then this is the last point I want to make showing when we're talking about all the steroids. off he went up against all these steroid hitters and was still, I know.
0: and it still was amazing, it was outstanding. I mean, not yeah. great in the re- in the regular season, but he was outstanding in the postseason.
1: Yeah. I guess the uh, the Raiders said he's still gonna be on the next year, so. Oh, okay. We'll back
0: from that. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 um, and I, this, yeah, and yeah, and the thing about, we'll see, yeah, and the thing is, is you can't tell the story of baseball without Pete Rose. You can't tell the story of baseball without Roger Clemens. You can't tell the story of baseball without Barry Bonds, and you can't tell the story of baseball without Curt Schilling, because you never know without Curt Schilling, that curse might have never, might have never been broken. I mean, so you can't tell the story of the sport without these players, but baseball refuses to put them in, in in their Hall of Fame. And I've been to Cooperstown a bunch of times. I know it's a hallowed hall. I get it. But baseball refuses to put these guys in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, which is sad. I haven't gotten to Cooperstown yet. I've only been to the Hall of Fame so far. But, um, yeah, it, it just it, – again, it just it's ridiculous. So you're exactly right. How do you – how are you supposed to tell – you know, like, yeah, is you're losing casual fans. How are you supposed to tell kids – 10, 15 years down the line. And, you know, who these guys were, they're not in the whole theme They're not in the whole theme you, People aren't going to know him well enough. That, let's say you really saw him, saw them play. It really got into really see him. But, again, casual fans aren't really going to care about all that. So, yeah, it, again, it just, baseball, it's just ridiculous. And, I, I, you know, they really need to change some things around and fast.
0: Absolutely, without question. But we'll wrap up our baseball talk honoring one of the greatest baseball players ever. And and that's, uh, that's Hank Aaron. I mean, we all know he passed away, unfortunately, on Friday. 700 and, uh, 714 14 home runs. I mean, he still is one of the greatest baseball players we're, we're ever going to see in the game. I think it was, I think it was, think he overall had 755 home runs. I'll, I'll check on that. But yeah, I mean, the guy is mean- 755, yeah, because Bonds broke it at 756 in 07. So, yeah, 755 home runs. I mean, just – guess how many times uh, Hank Aaron was an all-star?
1: 25.
0: 25 25-time all-star. That's unheard of. Played for the Milwaukee Braves uh, for most of his career. Uh, 1957 uh, MVP of the World Series with the Braves in 1957, too, and the guy was all about class and dignity. Just was a guy who just did it the right way. I mean – one of the one of the greatest baseball players ever, and we're happy. And unfortunately, he had to pa- pass away, but we're happy to to be to, to, we're happy to celebrate his career because it was an outstanding career.
1: Definitely, you know, I feel like he goes under the radar for greatest ever. I feel like you know people don't put him up, which he should. You know, you take out all the home runs, he's still at 3, 000, he still has three thousand. Uh, he still has three more than three thousand hits uh, for DH. That's six foot 189 and could swing the bat like that, you know, that, that's special. You don't see that anymore. Uh, he just knew how to connect ball with bat. And, again, I know he took credit. I was hearing, I think when he was at Milwaukee and it was a short field, he said he did take some credit. He, You know, some of his home run probably got a, he got lucky on some. But still to have that many home runs um, for a guy, his, for, for his height and weight, um, it, it, it's remarkable. He's definitely one of the greatest legends in um MLB history. Um, and you know, and it and he had a tough time too. You know, we wanted to break uh Babe Bruce's record, you know, when he was playing. So, you know, it was hard for him. And again, yeah, he he was all class, dignity, you know, never complained, never, you now never was angry. Um, such a great, great. Guy, great baseball player, one of the best all time. Playing in a tough error. Um, you know. It, yeah, being a 25-time All Star, it's just incredible to be up at that standard year and year out. Uh, well, no, I don't think. Yeah, you know, I I'd have to look, but I don't think there's any. He's got to lead the most most All Star game appearances ever, or just be voted to All Star game ever. Um, and I don't think there's too many people that will ever. Get to that mark ever to be on that plateau. Sort of H- H-
0: H- H- Hector made a comment two of the greatest things that happened in 1974 Aaron breaking Ruth's record and my existence. Nice, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, was, it was outstanding, 1974. You know, hitting that home run against the Dodgers, break, breaking Babe Ruth's record, 715. We'll always remember it. I mean, yeah, it's just tough to break Babe Ruth's record. I mean, you already saw Roger Maris having to break Babe, Ruth, Babe Ruth's record. It's so great to have a guy with such class and dignity hold that hold that record for how many years as, he's, as he held it, and arguably still holds it because a lot of people are not going to credit Barry Bonds for holding that record because of the way he did it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I do have Hank number one, and you know. I do put him still up there, number one. as a home run king. Uh, you know to do it at home, and just to have Vince Scully call it too, like the most one of the most iconic um, sports announcers. Not even in baseball, but in all sports, to be able to call that home run just makes it even more special. Uh, so you, you know, um, to do it, do it at home with Vince Scully there. It just you know, it's even more. It just takes a moment I think even greater have him call that. Um, but yeah, such a you know, such a great baseball player to break that record and to have it for so long. And I, to me, I think he still deserves it. But uh, yeah, it, it's um, it's remarkable.
0: Oh, absolutely! They're, they're, without question, it's remarkable. It's absolutely phenomenal that, uh, that 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 he broke that record and just it could not couldn't happen. Couldn't happen better to couldn't happen to a better man. Just so sad to lose him on Friday, but. We're going to transition to UConn basketball, and here's the here's the thing I thought about last night. Say you got say you got like squares, and you got the three, you got a three and one, or two your numbers. UConn <laughs> when UConn plays Butler, you're getting a lot of money because the three and the one they always work when UConn plays Butler. Because last night UConn beats Butler 63, 51. Obviously, we're, as we all remember in the national championship game, UConn beat Butler fifty three forty one. So. But a big takeaway from last night was how good uh, Tyrese Martin was 20 points. Uh, 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 Isaiah Willie had a good game defensively, too. And obviously, Hector said, Much needed a win for UConn because you look at where UConn was. They were, I saw, and, and Lenardi had them on the nine line with, pointing down. So they really needed that win. Because they, they lost that game, their tournament host would be in trouble. And as, Ty, as, as Hector says, Tyrese Martin dropped 20. That's that, 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 that That's big for them. Uh, yeah, obviously RJ Cole had a pretty good game. Isaiah Whaley had a pretty good game. Uh, uh, Tyler Polly had a good game too. I mean, a win, they, a win they needed to have just a win they needed without bulk night, they got it done. Uh, so right now, nine and uh, nine and eight and three. And right now, comfortably right now, I'd say in, in the field right now for the NCAA tournament. Yeah.
1: Um, and they only have two more games. They only have to play two more games to do, uh, be eligible for the NCAA tournament. So, um, they, they look pretty good right now. I, you know, I'll be honest, going to last night, I, I thought they were going to lose. Um, I, I thought Butler was going to knock them off last night, just the way they were playing. I felt like Butler has been playing better the last few weeks. But they came out. Um, I love the defensive intensity. Um, you know, Bryce Golden, who is like a career 24% three-point shooter, absolutely lit them up last night. Um you know, I, I thought, and I actually saw the stat yesterday morning, so I don't have the updated numbers. UConn shots at the rim this year, they're 52%, um, which ranks 325 out of 347 in the country right now, finishing around the rim, which is awful. I thought they were a little bit better last night, but I, I haven't seen the numbers yet today. Um, but for me, yeah, you know, Martin played well. Cole played well. I thought the point guards played well. I thought Cole played well. I thought even Gaffney played one of his better games where we kind of saw him at the end of last year where he really started to get in a groove and then it, you know, obviously all went to for not. But I, I felt like he played well. Um, you know, Whaley, defense END. Sinago, I, I thought, played another pretty good game. Um, they didn't get after a ton on the offensive glass. They only had three offensive rebounds. That was surprising. Um, but overall, I thought they played well. I thought they played a really good 40 minutes, one of their better 40 minutes of the year, especially in that first half where they shot 60%. I thought that was their best half of the year. Um, again, without folk Knight, Jackson's coming back. Well, he's supposed to come back Sunday now, you know, probably another week. Um, a cook, I don't know, but for all the injuries, I know they haven't even been able to practice five on five. So to get out there, to get a much-needed win against a Butler team that's really young, one of the youngest teams in the country, is a nice victory um, and much-needed and kind of takes a little bit there off your shoulder. So the last night was a complete victory. And last thing, too, is they had Butler. Butler a couple times kind of looked like they were going to back in this
0: game and it was going to be like and That a big was three. hitting a ton of threes, which he never does.
1: Yeah, no, and it looked like – you know, but we were to kind of swing it every time you kind of went on a run of their own, and I like that. I like that they responded every time, um, and they played well last night, get the win.
0: Oh, oh, I, I, absolutely, yeah. yeah. If the thing is now, though, is uh, they might not have another game in like two weeks because the St. John's game and the Villanova game got postponed, and I, this, big, this, this must be asked the question, uh, are they going to be able to make up all these games? I don't think they're going to be.
1: No, um, I believe the big East is designating a week in February, which I think they already have a game scheduled, I believe. Maybe in March too, but yeah, there's just no way. Um there, there, there there's just no way. It's it, as long as you play 13 games, the NCAA considers you for the NCAA tournament. So that's all they have to do. They just gotta play two more games in the next month and they'll be they're eligible. So uh there there's no way. Um that they're gonna make all this off,
0: because
1: I you can't have them play more than three games in the week. You can't do that in college. So no,
0: no, yeah. especially with all with school and everything, you can't.
1: Yeah. So hopefully they get as many as they can, stay fresh and just get healthy. So I guess it's a blessing in disguise with the next two games off. Boat night now gets even more healthy. Even comes back.
0: You know. When when do you think they're gonna get him back?
1: He still didn't know. He said last week from January 12th, it was two to four weeks. So maybe the middle week of February. So maybe. Um, that she- Xavier game on the 13th, you think? Yeah, maybe- Providence on the 10th. Somewhere around there, I'm hoping. Oh, it would be maybe. great
0: if they get him back for the Providence game.
1: That'd be nice. they get him. If that's a team that's been playing better, could be a big standing spot. So, yeah, hopefully only a game are two more without Boat night and hopefully two good opponents. So hopefully they can take care of them. But again, yeah, now it's tough. You now now you you're off to February sixth. So and then you know day before the Super Bowl. So it's another exactly. ten days off here. <laughs>
0: It's crazy. It's just how it's how it's how this entire season is gone. It's just it's it's been nuts really really, pretty much all around the country. I mean, COVID has really affected college sports in terms of teams playing games. It's just it's been it's been it's been it's been out of control. Even in the NBA, it's postponed 22 games. So it's just we'll see what ends up happening in college basketball this year. And for for UConn, I mean, they they just got to, you know, control. They can control win the games they need to win to get to the tournament.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, for the most part, they've been able to do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you just got to go roll with the punches this year. That's, that's, you just got to go with, you know, you just got to go with the fluff. That's the only way you are gonna get through this year. It's nice that they have a nice mix of, of seniors and, and juniors and younger guys that are helping to get through it. As you see the Duke Kentuckys, you know, that, that are struggling, you know, the youth is, you know, youth is struggling this year. So they have a nice mix. They just got, yeah, keep taking care of business, the team that you're, that you face. They've been able to do that for the most part. And, you know, again, those other 10 days now, guys will hopefully get healthy. Hopefully, they kind of dial it back a little bit in the next few days of practice just to hopefully get guys back to 10 on 10 or 5 on 5 action. Um, but, yeah, um, just get through it. Just, you know, uh, one more month and then who knows what's going to happen, the, you know, the Big East tournament and all that. But, yeah, one more month and when we get geared up for the NCAA tournament, hopefully. First time since uh, 2016.
0: Exactly. Hopefully. Yeah, def- definitely. I'd love to see them in the NCAA tournament. So we're going to wrap up the show talking about a personal story for me, knowing today is my 30th birthday, but also it is the 30th anniversary of the Giants beating the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. And if you go back to the to, to, to that year, uh, it was a year where the Giants started 9 or 10 and 0. Extra probably knows all about this season. Uh, the Giants started 9 or 10 and 0. Phil, Simms, Phil Sims got hurt in a game against Buffalo. Jeff Ostettler took over. The Giants uh, ended up getting to the playoffs as the number two seed, beat the Bears in the divisional round, beat the stunned the Niners who were going for the 3P in the NFC championship game, and then they had their matchup against the uh, against the high-powered Buffalo Bills. And this, this Buffalo Bills team, their offense was outstanding with Jim Kelly, I mean, even better than the offense they had this year. You think their offense was good this year. This offense was even better with Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, James Lofton. Obviously, in the defensive end, you had, you had, uh, Bruce Smith, Daryl Talley, Cornelius Bennett. I mean they 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 were a they were a great team. Uh, and the thing about that day and the, the personal story I'll, I'll I'll tell about that day is my dad was working at ESPN at the time, and uh, he was actually at the Super Bowl, and they got a and they actually got a call. He got a call that I was being born, so him and his friend the day before had to fly back to Connecticut. Uh, the, the day The day of that the day of that Super Bowl, they finally made it at five o'clock on the day I was born. So that that was interesting. And then obviously for the game, I mean, it was one of the best Super Bowls ever played, and it was one of the best game plans by Bill Belichick. He he rushed like two guys and played with like six defensive backs and said pretty much, Thurman Thomas is going to have a big game. But this Bills passing game is not going to beat us, and it, and it didn't. And it was really the only way they could slow down the Bills, just let Thurman Thomas have a game. And on offense, they ran the ball with Otis Anderson. O.J. Anderson had a huge game on the ground. The, the, the Jeff Hostetler managed the game, put the Giants in position to win the game. The Giants, they, they started off down 12-3. They had that big drive. went up went, uh, They were only down 12-10.5, had another long drive, went up 17-12. Bills got the big run from Thurman Thomas. It was nineteen seventeen. Giants end up getting a field goal, twenty to nineteen. Bills have the ball in their hands. Last drive. Uh, Scott Norwood, obviously, everyone knows at the end. Scott Norwood, right, wide right. Giants win Super Bowl twenty-five, and then Buffalo goes on to the next three Super Bowls and doesn't win any of them. They lose to the Redskins and they lose to the Cowboys. So that was really my personal story of the day it was born, connected to my favorite team and. Uh, and Jackson just says, started to know, uh, 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 ended 13-3, and three, losing to the Niners. I remember, yeah, they lost to San Francisco, lost the Bills in the regular season. The game Sims got hurt and lost the Eagles. So they thir- finished 13-3 and three that year, uh, number two seed, and ended up winning their second Super Bowl. And it was the last season Bill Parcells' coach. He ended up retiring. Bill Belichick left that year because he became the head coach of Cleveland. So it was pretty much kind of the end of an year for the Giants in the, in the day, the, in the days of LT, uh, Phil Sims, uh, and again, again uh, Hector says happy birthday. Th- th- thank you, Hector. Thank you very much, Hector. And thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening today. So th- thank you very much, Hector, but go back to the Giants. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much the end of that year of those, you know, th- those, uh, 19, uh, those mid eighties, 90, the early nineties Giants teams with, uh, obviously Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, uh, uh, Phil Sims, uh, OJ Anderson, Mark Bavaro, those teams that were, that is one of the top teams in in the history of the league. Probably the most consistent, uh, probably the most consistent Giants football has ever been in that era. Yes, the Giants did win two Super Bowls from 2005 to 2012, but I feel like the Giant teams from 1984 to 1980 were a little bit more consistent than the Giants teams from 2005 to 2012. So that was a personal story there connected to my favorite team. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. Producer Jace Garcia, who did a great job. For Justin D'Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week with our Super Bowl preview. Have a great weekend, everyone.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.